From the pirate coves of Eodrael to the hidden trade city of Vosgod, Albion Adzi travels the realm, noting and documenting the domains found along the way. For the very low price of absolutely nothing, you too can access these beautiful scriptures. This week on SketchUp for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Albion and Jack about the wonderful setting resource, Albion Absey's Geographical Almanac. Built with rolling tables, commerce, and important NPCs, this virtual almanac is an amazing tool to up your table's world. We talk about building towns, teamwork, and old books. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am incredibly excited to be joined by two wonderful creators for a very cool little supplement and idea starter for your your campaigns, whether they're D&D or other tabletop role-playing games. Jack, Albion, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you, thank you so much for having us. So we're going to be talking about Albion Absey's Geographical Almanac and how cool this thing is and what you both do and add to this. And I just got to say, like, we were talking a little bit before this actually started. I love the aesthetic of the almanac. And I'm, I got some questions about that in a moment, too. But before we really get into it, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourselves? Uh, sure, yeah. So I go by the name of Albion Absey. Um, I am a fabulist and scribe of Albion Absey's Geographical Almanac. Um, yeah, uh, I live in uh, the south coast of England uh, with my family, um, and I'm a full-time writer. And I am Jack. Um, I am a scribe for the Albion Absey Geographical Almanac. Um, I currently work in communications, but I do a lot of work with psychology and things like that, and really try and bring that into what we make as a as a team. I think that really sticks out when you're actually looking at some of the settings. Because I've looked at similar things, various resources for designing and pulling ideas, and the categories that you have looked at, like economy, imports, exports, like all that stuff is in these locations. So I'm really impressed. But what is Albion Apsi's Geographical Almanac? So it's uh, essentially a free monthly resource of strange and fantastical locations uh, there to inspire game masters and players alike. Um, in each location, uh, you'll find flavor text. Uh, there's those details, as you mentioned, regarding things like trade, culture, uh, political and social hierarchies. There's NPCs, adventure hooks, roll tables, and more. Um, so there's everything from giant dragonfly trading posts to fey-cursed haunted dolls' houses, astral pirate coves, and black water swamp um, homes to forgotten gods. Um, there's a little bit of uh, something for every fantasy gaming table, really, in our geographical almanac. Um, hopefully it's broken down in a manner that is really easy to dip in and out of. Um, you can take a location and drag it and drop it directly into your game if you're someone who is just struggling for time or you know you're sort of in a last minute pinch or you you just you're just struggling for a little bit of inspiration 
Um, what I find is also a really useful aspect of the almanac for someone is to often you will start reading and your own ideas will bubble up to the surface. So you might sort of be th sitting there thinking, I have a session in two hours or, or tomorrow and I'm really just, I've run dry. I, I don't know what to do for my players next. And the moment you start to read one of our locations, you start to latch onto certain aspects and you can just sort of pick and choose. Um, I've mentioned to Jack previously about the idea of someone presenting you with a, a kind of finished Lego set. And as beautiful mm -hmm. and wonderful as that is, and as incredible as that is, it's actually a lot more fun sometimes to break that Lego set down and just build it back up and see what you build. So every location, although it comes to you from Albion Absey, I would imagine you know one of the best and most fun things about using our locations is, is by the time you have walked your players through these places, they're entirely your own. I don't think two groups will ever have uh, walked through two little winds or folly of sorrows or stern waters that are quite the same. Um, there's lots and lots of room there for kind of really pulling your own inspirations out. And that's really what it's for, is to inspire you and to, to give you um, fully fleshed locations should you really need them for your game. But mostly, you know, we want to inspire your kind of creative spark um, and just give you fun, interesting, sometimes terrifying uh, locations to use in your fantasy tabletop role-playing games. I think that really sticks through you mentioned the dragonfly trading post i love odonata so much i think it's so cool <laughs> odonata <laughs> is a, a really fun one yeah it's it's, it's a lot of there are some very serious uh, locations um and it is also nice to balance that with some not so serious I can be a very serious person, um, but as Jack will tell you, I can also be a not so serious person. And we're all a little <laughs> bit like that, aren't we? You know, we all kind of sometimes we want to be scared and sometimes we want to laugh um, and just be silly and, and have fun. So, yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. um, that's really, really fun to know that you enjoyed it. It's definitely something that we've we've aimed for, actually, I would say, is, is that uh, in our home game, I, I play with um, Albion on a weekly basis and we, we really try and bring in collaborative storytelling. And I think that's really mm -hmm. what D&D is about. Tabletop in general is about is yeah. pulling those stories together. And that's what we've been trying to put into the basis. And like almost that lifeblood of Albion Abbey's geographical almanac is just that we will present this and we want to create something with you. Yes, we've got these mm -hmm. structured um, places, locations, if you want to pick them up and put them down. But at the same time, Use them like a modular thing. Take the concept of uh, Illithir, but don't necessarily take everything if you don't need it. Put in what you need to and make it fit your story and your characters to the way that's best for them. Yeah, this I, I think this is one of the aspects of Odonata, which was... Um... You know, really think about if you're going to use a giant dragonfly in your game, that this could be setting a precedent for creatures that, that exist in your game. Maybe your players have never seen anything like that before. Um, so there's lots of there's always lots of fun aspects to think about. I think when you're when you're diving into to one of the locations. Jack, you had mentioned that collaborative storytelling element there, and that's something that I wanted to bring up because these locations, while like they're super flushed out, but they feel like they've been built by a team, not just like one individual person just they they feel set up and designed for a group to utilize and it feels like that route is there so what's the design process like for creating a new location 
it's, it's <laughs> I heard that fun. laugh. So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great experience, and we we do a lot of uh, work together with a, a really great team. We've got scribes, we've got a composer um, on team as well. Uh, we've got artists on team that that we we speak to regularly and really try and great uh, grant that aspect of collaborative storytelling. Um, I'll, I'll let Albion go a little bit more into detail of, of kind of the writing process, but I know being a part of it personally, I like to add my own personal flair to that. And I think with a lot of the locations, you, you can almost tell who's been writing on them. You can feel that that draw from certain people. Um, they're all written in the exact same way of uh, tone and structure, but there are different elements that you can kind of feel from different people. Um, I know my background is more in psychology and it's more in that sort of horror um, or even to an extent that morality system of it's not black and white but it's in the grey and and I think a lot of the locations that I've worked on you can really find that in um, which I'm, I'm happy to go into a little bit later but for the writing process I think Albion if you want to kind of go over that in a bit more detail. Sure. Yeah, so it's very often, uh, we have a lot of different channels on our Discord um, that are for uh, sort of creating um, locations. So we'll, we'll have kind of location workshops almost where someone might throw in an idea. And then over a period of a few days, uh, we, uh, one of our, our other writers, Erica um, and Jack and I, will just throw ideas at, at each other and see what sticks really. Um, and, and in much the same way, as it occurs at the gaming table, those ideas become so much more because we're passing them back and forth and because we're sparking different creative energies in one another. Um, locations are also built over over a, quite a considerable period of time. Sometimes they, they come together quite quickly. Others take several months to sort of come into shape. It's a little bit like um, like sculpture, essentially. We kind yeah. of find the idea quite quickly. We know what the theme is. Um, we know sort of roughly what we want to do with it, but it's those real fine sort of granular details that sometimes we, we like to take our time with and we'll just pass ideas backwards and forwards. Um, and it's that and, it, and it's that collaborative element comes into play from inception, really, um, mm -hmm. from, from for each location. And it might be that one of us has the overall idea, but then someone really comes in with a, you know with with some amazing NPCs that that the others just wouldn't have thought of, or that things in the role table sometimes might spark an idea, adventure hooks, things like that. Um, so it's really it's it's a case of really sort of looking at. at um, I I personally don't tend to stand too far back from a location and I don't I don't build a location thinking well what are the overarching things I find that those things just naturally come to the surface and I think as long as you're really enjoying what you're doing um, you, you're always going to have fun creating things like this right um, because yeah. you're doing it you're doing it to satisfy yourself and that's how the almanac came into existence it was just looking around for a resource like this for our games and just finding that nothing quite fit for us um mm. and then and then thinking hey if we're doing if we're building these sorts of locations for our own play for our own game there'll be other people out there that that will enjoy this content as well um and that will find it useful that's you know not just enjoy it but find it useful um you know we're, we're all we're all yeah. sort of very busy in our lives there's a lot going on you know life can be a, a kind of at a million miles an hour sometimes so to mm -hmm. to help people that's really really lovely um really sort of a, a kind of special and marvelous thing um to this whole sort of process as well yeah um 
very much a collaborative effort, certainly. Um, and, and, and yeah. That ease of use is so integral to this because yes, even before yeah. we were actually live and recording, we were talking about some of the, the challenges with some of Wizards' official material and just trying to like sit down and get it punched out if you have like not a whole lot of hours in your week because you might have family and other responsibilities but you play pretty consistently and yeah. i think that the layout for the almanac actually really lets you just drop in to a new location really quickly and just there's um there's a level of style to this that's really unique and i think it's amazing it's a great tool like it truly is a very good tool for any table that's that's lovely to hear thank you so much uh, it, it really does mean a lot when you know when people say that they um, find those elements in it and recognize those elements in it we've we've worked very hard um to to make it so um uh i will say that jack um should take m most of the credit for how the website looks uh, undoubtedly jack's worked <laughs> so hard on it um I uh, sort of tend to just come in and, and sort of uh, throw mud about the place <laughs> is, is my contribution to the website. Um, but we, from the very start, we we all knew that we wanted to make it as accessible as possible. To begin with, locations yeah. were released on, on Reddit. And I found the community mm -hmm. on D&D uh, &D behind the screen, they're really supportive and really encouraging. But it is, it, it's just a wall of text, which I love words undoubtedly but that's you know even for my wordiness that's too much for me it's a difficult it's very difficult to scroll through you know paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs um uh, and similarly on our discord where we release uh, the monthly locations as well um again it's just a wall of text um which is difficult to to access really you know if you really need if you just want the culture you just want adventure ideas you just want to know about the lodgings and shelter you just want the trinket roll table the website you know it just i think really does that beautifully um really lovely um and that, that accessibility is really really important particularly you know not just for for people that that are rushed for time but I don't know what what both of you are like and what your listeners are like uh, GMing. I tend to get into a bit of a tizzy. Like I forget where everything is. Uh, the notes <laughs> that I had 10 minutes ago, I have no idea where they are. It's like something's eaten them. Uh, I don't know where my pen is. I can't find my dice. Um, so <laughs> to have it, you know, to have kind of easily accessible uh, elements to a location is really, really important. And, and some of that visual element as well. Um, you know, there are sort of images on there that are, are stock images at the moment. But as Jack mentioned, we have uh, a team of artists that we are hoping um, very, very soon to be able to start employing properly uh, and commissioning uh, bespoke artwork from them all um, in order mm -hmm. to flesh out the, the almanac with, with beautiful artwork. Um, uh, the, the artists that we have on the team are all incredible and, and they're all very passionate about the almanac as well passionate about their craft and about what they do um so that will be another sort of accessibility really is just people being able to to look at images and obviously think having things like alt text on the images and etc uh, etc et um i i think we can probably still be a little bit more accessible there's always things that you can do to make things more accessible to more people yeah um and we're always you know if someone ever reaches out to us and says hey look i'm struggling with this you know, I have this disability and it means I can't properly use your, like, please 
we're all ears. We would love to, you know, to hear from anyone that, that has ideas and suggestions. Um, as long as those ideas and suggestions aren't incredibly uh, expensive <laughs> for us to implement, um, <laughs> then we will try our very best to, to make the Almanac as accessible um, to as many people as possible. I think that's a really pertinent point, uh, Albion. Just just from the the how the website came about, really, we always knew we wanted somewhere or some way of presenting this information in a more accessible way. But we never really took that plunge to start with. We were starting on that that Reddit and that Discord. And we actually had uh, one of our, our members fed, uh, fed back and said that they're really struggling to use the content, to read mm-hmm. through it and to get through it all, just because they couldn't keep attention throughout the whole way. And they, they really struggled with that aspect of the visual, uh, the, the black text on the sort of the darker background of discord or even the light mode the the lighter background of discord so that's kind of what spurred us making a website was making this accessible for people and making it in a way that everyone can enjoy it the way that well i the way that i see all tabletop should be yeah it's totally fair aesthetically and maybe you can lean more into this jack on the website the layout kind of reminds me of the Averine bestiary and like that classic old like this feels like the images feel like an almanac that you would find at the library in like a a classic setting it almost feels like if this was a physical book you know it would be like leather bound and worn and part of me like wonders like what were some of the inspirations for the almanac aesthetically uh, can I just quickly say I'm just you've made my day by recognizing those elements sorry <laughs> I'm just sitting here chefs kissing like yes yes thank you sorry 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 I love the Aberdeen bestiary so <laughs> I, I think it is a lot of that I worked really closely with Albion on on what his visions were initially of what this uh this almanac was um and and where we could go with that and what we could really do to bring those sort of references in bring those old-timey journals and almost as if someone has picked up a book and has jotted down as they've traveled around and that is really the idea of of the almanac is that albion absey has gone around and he has documented the the locations of his world and how we could use them and present them in a way that is a visually appealing be accessible but also really tap into those mysterious places and and really make you feel like you are being transported and i think that is that is definitely something that i i feel we've accomplished and i i'm so proud of this website and what we're doing um as as a group and i i just i'm so excited to continue it on especially with the bespoke art coming as well which will hopefully only amplify that more um but when it comes to inspirations, I think yeah. uh, Albion's probably going to be the best person to talk to. It mood board wise, I, I got a very competent <laughs> mood board, and um, just very competent, competent in every aspect, really. So, um, Albion, if you want to take that away, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my sort of inspirations are, you know, you sort of mentioned the Aberdeen Vestry so, uh, books like that. I collect a lot of books like that. Unfortunately, nothing quite as old and beautiful, uh, no, uh, and fragile as that. <laughs> uh, I did. I. <laughs> I was sitting here last night looking at some some books, and I found one in particular. I won't, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I asked my partner, "Can I can I have a book for Christmas?" And he said, "Yeah, just send me the link." It was a Sotheby's link, and I think the book's like seven thousand pounds. And I just, oh my goodness, 
She's like, I'll, I'll look at it when I, I'll, I'll look at it when I have a moment. It's like, thanks, love. <laughs> I know, you know, she, she'll she'll spit her tea out when she actually reads what I've sent her, and there's no chance I'll ever get it. But it's, you know, we can always wish. But that's yeah, that sort of aspect. I, I've always loved books. I've always kind of collected books. Um, I have, um, you know, I'm just surrounded by the damn things. Um, and I also love, you know, I, there's a certain kind of quality to those old images and a certain quality to that text, which is a little bit sort of, you know, a lot of those things were, a lot of those works were created at a time when people, we, we didn't really understand the world. We didn't yeah. know why things were the way that they were. We didn't know what would happen if. We didn't know what would happen when. There's a lot of sort of elements to life that would that, that were genuinely terrifying. And of course, there still are. You know, a yeah. lot of people in our world still live in really difficult and frightening and terrifying circumstances. And, you know, we should always remember that. Um, but I think just sort of keeping it, you know, in that sort of older world where things, you know, were terrifying for reasons that we had no idea um, mm-hmm. and there's there's something very beautiful and very uh timeless that comes through those texts i use those sorts of texts all, all the time for for inspiration just as a writer and just as a creator and as a, as a gm as well um, and they're just beautiful things to look at um, and we're so lucky now that we can go on to the internet and you can look up sort of medieval um you know you'll see on the on the almanac um the a to z itself you know yeah. those those illuminated letters. It was really important for me to have that kind of that quality of um, the ancient, almost. You know that this was something like Jack said that you would. You know you you're going through a dusty old loft and you pull open a drawer. Um, a little bit like in the Goonies, um, for for those of your listeners yeah. that have ever seen the Goonies, right there in the, the, in the, in the and they find One-Eyed Willie's map, right? That's that. And that, if, watch it if you rewatch the Goonies, that that look of wonder on those kids' faces, right? I think that's what we're all looking for sometimes when we play these role-playing games. Is is yeah. to is to capture that that sense of awe and that sense of wonder. And if we can, you know, help the the player or the GM that wants to use the almanac find that sense of wonder um you know through whether it's the images that we're we're choosing or the, it's the language that we're we're writing in um the way that we're presenting things then yeah so much the better um it's uh it's a big inspiration to 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 me um so i hope that it inspires other people as well there are a lot of cool things you can pull from in the almanac specifically one thing that i think is really cool is the theming as it stands right now there are 11 locations and they all have a very unique theme slash flair going on with them what are some themes that you're looking to explore in the future though oh goodness jack would you like to answer that or shall i (laughs) (laughs) um i'll go a little bit into to one that i'm i'm quite excited about um we've we've done a lot of locations of weird and magical places um and kind of taking it back to a more gritty, sort of um, rough around the edges place. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking more at uh, necessity. I, my background within tabletops comes through. Um, I, I've written. A, I've written a few papers um, in in psychology uh, just to to really grasp what tabletop can do for individuals that are struggling with certain aspects of their lives so um yeah. i've worked a lot with transgender individuals i've worked a lot with um, people that struggle to develop empathy and people with social difficulties and how we can mm-hmm. use tabletop to really enhance 
and and help teach these these rules and give a safe space some form yeah. of comfort through that and there is a there's a location that i've been working on quite recently um with the help of of albion and erica um really trying to look at that and that sort of sense of not just identity but also pressure the idea of there's almost times running out constantly and i think mm. that's definitely something that we're really looking to lean into um that sort of world of um if we don't do this in time then something bad's going to happen but we're not sure what it is but something bad's going to happen and it's that almost ominous always something on the on the horizon yeah and when you get to the horizon on the horizon again and it's that that never ending sort of cycle there and and really seeing how that's going to affect the people that live there the npcs that we are able to create who who live in this world and when the boat rocks what happens so i think that's that's probably the one i'm most excited for at the moment uh, albion i don't know what what about you uh, i think uh the <laughs> i always have so many locations kind of on the boil so to speak i'm a little bit like a panic chef uh, running you know sort of around the kitchen with, with the locations but i think nestoropities is probably the one that is foremost in my mind purely because um, we ran a poll over on twitter and on our discord community um, to have people choose which location we release next and we've done that a couple of times now um, Nestoropities one, I think, mostly because it's talking squirrels. Um, <laughs> so, so you you know you can really see there to balance Jack's very serious, uh, wonderfully <laughs> serious. Uh, um, <laughs> we have talking squirrels uh, <laughs> just up ahead of that. So yeah, talking kind of pirate squirrels that are fly, uh, uh, piloting a flying log around an ancient forest, um, essentially. Um, so yeah, that's that's the one I'm kind of the, <laughs> the most excited I think for. That just... That does just go to show the, the sheer range of what is available <laughs> on uh, within the almanac, doesn't it? I think that that says it better than anything that we could say does. <laughs> and it, it is uh, it's worth mentioning, I guess, as well. It's um, and it's an almanac A to Z, so eventually there will be uh, the full. Um, panoply i think is the right word i don't know i'll have to look that up later maybe i'm completely using that word in, in the wrong way um <laughs> uh the the full sort of breadth of the alf alphabet so when we have yeah, done yeah. the a to z i don't know what we'll do then um we might just go back to a and start again um or it might be something completely different uh, another a to z of of other things that aren't locations mm -hmm. there's so many um i feel like we have such a great team and such a you know we're really sort of nailing down our um, sort of our vibe, if you like, um, uh, and the way that we're doing things and the way that the, the, the almanac looks, um, it would be a shame to uh, sort of just stop at Z uh, and kind of abandon ship. I also yeah. really want to, with the artists that we have, um, you know, I'm hoping to kind of grow that. Um, so whatever artists that we have on the team for the, the almanac A to Z, um, you know, hopefully we can help them to use this as a platform to towards more work uh, and to sort of mm -hmm. establish in themselves. Of course, not to say that they're not established, but to just to give them, a, you know, uh, something that they can say, hey, look, I was a part of this project and it, and it was really successful and, and, and worked really wonderfully. And also to, to give them um, a really positive experience because it does seem like, without going into any particular details or naming any particular names, but it does seem like there are quite regularly really bad experiences that are had by creators either they get hired yeah. by someone who doesn't pay them properly or they mistreat them or they just you know mess them around 
um, and, and you know I really want to provide a place where the team feels really respected and really safe and like you know their ideas matter and, and their work matters and they're paid properly and paid in a timely manner to be able to mm -hmm. say look this is how you can do things it is possible to do things in a, in a really good way um, and just to keep doing that really under the name of Albion Absey would be would, that would be my particular dream I have yeah. no um, I have no sort of flag to pitch in terms of making tabletop role-playing games my career I have a career already so I, I, don't, I don't need to sort of swing my saber around really you know I just want to be here creating really amazing content and, and help others to do so as well and if we can do mm -hmm. that that would be wonderful you know that's a kind of a big part of, of bringing people into the team um, and hopefully seeing them go on to do really amazing things would be would be incredibly satisfying um, and then you know if the if we finish the A to Z and we can move on to a, a, another sort of uh, content creation starting that process again and being able to say to people hey look go and speak to the artist go and speak to our composer go and speak to our other writers and ask them you know did they have a good time with the almanac did they have a, a positive mm -hmm. experience and that really means a lot I think um, and being able to, to sort of provide that positive platform for people to come and be creative and, and to, to kind of um, expand uh, their confidence and their abilities and their scope within the tabletop role-playing uh, game community uh, would be amazing and of course that's not to say that we're anything in this space we're not you know we we, we know <laughs> we know that, that we're sort of small potatoes so to speak um, but even small potatoes make fantastic chips right or fries if you're <laughs> <laughs> What a terrible metaphor that was. That was awful. That was, that was interesting. It was an interesting choice there. Um, it depends if there's fish nearby. <laughs> chip or a fry, so. Uh, um, we, we're also, I think another point of that is we're always looking to improve what we've done at yeah. the moment. We, yeah. Just because they have been published and just because we've released them doesn't mean they're in their final form. We're, yeah. we're constantly updating, adding role tables and mm -hmm. enhancing the things that we've already done. Um, if if you like a certain location and you find, do you know what in this in this almanac there is only one location that's really drawing you in, then come back and visit again because in a, a week maybe in a month there might be something else there a subclass a um, a roll table those sort of things when we want to look specifically into different different systems. Yeah, yeah, that's it's always it's always growing every month. That's the other thing is that you know we're, as you mentioned uh, earlier on the, there are eleven locations at the moment. Um, and they are released every month so we have a mailing list as well um, which people can join for free um, and we that part of being on that mailing list or really the primary reason for being on that mailing list is you get early access to every location so you get them a week earlier than their sort of public release um, and if you join our discord uh, server as well which is a very quiet discord server which is just how I like it it's like a reading room imagine this sort of old <laughs> you know I like to think about I'm not sometimes I'm not sure is Albion a person or is Albion a village Jack that's that's a constant question in my mind um, mm. and I like to think of the village green and there's a little village sort of library and it's very quiet and that's what our discord is, is like but it does afford you as well if you're on our mailing list you get um, a week's early access to uh, the, the new location every month on the discord server as well I did have a quick question about the mailing list because it was something yes. that I read and I was a little confused yeah. by. Oh, okay. Uh, what is Taro Maini cheese? <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, 
Who knows? Who can say? There are many strange and fantastical wonders awaiting all readers um, on, on the Almanac. There's lots of little secrets, little things that you will find littered throughout um, that might just make you scratch your head. And it's up to, really up to you to, to answer those questions, I think. is the <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> are we not going to mention the, the secret 20, 27th location? Is that, is that not what that is? Uh, the, oh, well, the I mean... That the moon now <laughs> made of this cheese—it's just a giant cheese wheel rolling around the globe, crushing all the other locations in its wake. It's a cry for help. That's what the almanac is. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I'm in there somewhere, flailing desperately. So you had mentioned going back to locations is there any location that's out right now that you would really like to revisit and add to something that maybe it's a favorite location or something that you've used in your own games and you want to explore it deeper that's a, really that's a great question. that is a great question jack what do you think oh i to be honest i've i've gone back to a few and repurposed for backstories of characters um I, i've recently joined a, a campaign where i've I've taken the uh, the story uh, of Dronstower and I've I've really kind of repurposed that and made it into something slightly different. Um, and through that, I've found so many more things that I love about the the location and love about the swamp itself. Um, and really, just just want to get back into it and and re add things more than anything. Well, that's an interesting one, Jack, because that's essentially death, isn't it? Death is a big theme in Dronstower, which is. The idea that you know that how they treat their dead uh, and how they sort of balance that with with their lives in this horrible swamp um, <laughs> it's quite that's a really interesting one I wouldn't I wouldn't if I had to guess I would not have guessed that one Jack I'm really fascinated by it. Would you I like what you I like what you said about um, you know using it for character backstories that's really cool. Um, as a player you can use the almanac as well and just kind of hey where's my character from could they be from this place that's fascinating what about you Albion wow um I <laughs> which child oh, is your favorite see that's that is what I was going to say I it's a really difficult question okay let's try it let me try and answer I'm going to do my real very best to show. I'm a little bit in love excuse the pun, uh, with The Folly of Sorrows still. Um, that was a relatively recent one. Um, I, maybe that's because I'm just an old romantic at heart. But the idea of this, <laughs> the and also because it contains a monster, a creature called the Hymn of the Hill, um, which is something that during a, um, a holiday um, in the Welsh uh, sort of valleys and hills, um, it's a, a creature that I invented to scare one of my children, basically. Uh, <laughs> 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 which, which is kind of, I'm very fond of it. Um, and occasionally I still do, you know, if it's, if it's a little bit late at night and my youngest child isn't ready for bed when they should be, I will, I will, I will reconfigure the hymn of the hill into something that I now am sort of stalking around the corridor of my house. Um, but that idea of this monster that's all covered in bracken and moss, um, that it comes rumbling with thunder, with yearnings of all they have lost. I love that aspect of a monster that is is terrifying, and it will kill you and eat you. This this creature tears the hearts out of you know sparrows and deer and and people, but the, the but that it's doing this because it is yearning for something and it and it is lost and there's a deep kind of sadness there. So that it's not just this kind of two dimensional. It's a monster. 
it, it's going to bite you, it's going to hurt you, you kill it, and that's the end of the story. That it is that it is yearning for something, and that there's a deeper story to be told there with monsters. And I think that's that's something that can be really interesting um, to learn those things in your game and to bring that element into into play. Like, what is what what's going on here? Why is this monster prowling at this location? What's the deeper story here? What deeper stories can we tell? Um, and it's kind of it's a little bit open ended in the Folly of Sorrows. Um, there's also a lot of music there um, in a lot of uh, the roll tables on the Folly of Sorrows. Um, there's a, a lot of aspects of music in play. I'm, as a lover of music, I quite like that. And also it's hit, there is a, an Easter egg from our own home game um, in the cult there called the Fourth Order, um, which is nice as well. I, t I like to hide a lot of Easter eggs in there. So I think at the moment, I think the Folly of Sorrows is one that I would like to, I think I'd like to play in it. I think I'd love to, to have somebody else GM it for me. Um, and for me to kind of explore it and 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 go face to face with the him of the hill would be amazing. This bracken and moss kind of shambling creature of the forest in the night would be quite wonderful. It's such a cool image too. I'm very partial to uh, Vosgod. Oh, I really? Love it. I so deserts and tundra are like my yeah. two favorite locations. That's and very cool. The idea of a, a hidden trading outpost is very intriguing to me. Yeah, hidden in a sandstorm. So if you if you were going to use that, would you? Because this is a question that someone asked me once, and I thought it was a really interesting question. Which is, would you have that that sandstorm constantly moving so that you could put that trading post anywhere, or would you have it just as a singular place in the desert, almost like an oasis, like an anti oasis, if you like? How do you think you would would use it? I think I would use it as a roaming village, That's like a very roaming cool. traveling thing. Yeah. Just like I, I kind of imagine it on like the backs of giant machines that almost rumble through oh, the desert. In that's, the inc that's incredible. Um, and obviously, like, uh, there's a lot of writing in 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 that location. There's the Carter Scrolls. I almost had yeah. bar I had a lot of kind of bardic energy uh, in my mind when when we were creating that one. Just the idea that the bards in your party could want to go there to look at these ancient scrolls and to and to, uh, to sort of learn what's there within them and i think there's a kind of lot of like um like almost sort of um battle poetry kind of elements in there as well like mm -hmm. lots of stuff for your bards in there but yeah i love it's a beautiful something that i always love about that location is 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 that a couple of the npcs uh ruival the drunkard and three and the dreamer these two kind of old-timey merchants that are you know that kind of classic too old for this shit right <laughs> yeah. like, they just want to go Very home much. they just want to go home to their families they just want to be somewhere else that kind of yearning for elsewhere which i which i think is a is often a kind of subconscious aspect of, of us playing these games like that yearning to be somewhere to explore somewhere um yeah that's that's a wonderful one that's i, I love to hear um people's favorites it's always really really lovely so we've gone for a little bit now, but one of the things we never addressed is how did you two A meet, but B start working on this together? That's a that's a good question. It was it was a um a game that we both played in. Um we made some characters and got to explore them together. And I think from from the get go, our minds kind of just melded when it came to the kind of creative thinking <laughs> when it comes to collaborative storytelling. Um and it's still some of my fondest memories of playing. Um, tabletop is yeah, playing with Albion um, 
and kind of being able to develop a character that I thought I'd already developed quite well. I was like, yep, I'm so ready for this. And then meeting Albion's character and really driving that forward and finding these things that were locked away behind things I didn't think I'd ever approach in, in a tabletop game, it really opened my mind. And I think part of that was the reason that I ended up doing more of my, my research into tabletops was my interactions with Albion. So I think as soon as... Um, well, as soon as Albion decided that this is something that he wanted to pursue and started looking into more, I was behind him every step of the way. Yeah, I, um, I, as, upon meeting Jack, I my immediate thought was, this guy's amazing. Uh, I love how he plays. Um, I want him in every game I ever play him, uh, essentially. So I was kind <laughs> of, I, I, I kind of uh, dragged him into my game, kicking and not kicking and screaming. That's, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's kicking and screaming now, <laughs> but he wasn't. Definitely, I am now. Yeah. I mean, you've seen some of these locations. You know what this mind is like. <laughs> it's, it's really scary. So, so I think it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely an element of like, you know, this person is, you know, I can. I sense that they have really great ideas and that, mm-hmm. and that I think anything like any good game or, or, or sort of D&D or, or, or Pathfinder or whatever, you know, it's better with the people that you play with. Um, yeah. And and I knew that when I wanted to, to create the Almanac that I, I, there's absolutely no way I could do it by myself. I knew that it would be better for the people being involved in it. So it will, it will be better because we have a composer on the team. It will be so much better because we have artists on the team. And it will be mm. so much more. The ideas themselves will be better, um, undeniably. Um, so it was a kind of no-brainer, really. Same with Erica. Erica's someone that we, Jack and I both played with for a long time. And it was, you know, immediately I was just, Erica, can you please come and write things? Just because of that creative <laughs> mind. You know, you know when you, you just meet people and you think, this person has a really cool way of looking at things and, and yeah. I want them to be involved because I know it will make the almanac better um, yeah so it was just a case of like as soon as I knew that I wanted to make it what it is I recognised the amount of work that it took as well um, and that you know again having a team is really important um, and having people that you can trust is really important as well I, you know I trust Jack implicitly I trust Erica so much uh, you know mm-hmm. um, I value their opinion on things that's also really important I think when you're putting a team together you don't want everyone just kind of you know agreeing with each other you want people that say you know actually I, I think that could be better or I think I think it needs to be done like that um, that's really useful and really important um, and just kind of having a similar vision a similar passion as well and those sorts of things don't come along very often you know um i'm sort of old enough to recognize um that that's something that can be few and far between um so when you find those people that you think are really wonderful uh and and you and you get on really well with them and you enjoy creating things together like just have a go at something right and this is me kind of talking to your listeners i guess a little bit um yeah you know if, if any of your listeners out there are thinking should i do that like do it but if you can if you can drag along a few other people f- along on the ride, uh, you know as long as you're all respectful of one another's space and time, and you know, and you're all on this sort of roughly the same page, like it will be better because you have a team of people w- with you. <laughs> Undeniably, the ideas will be better, the work will be better, your output will be better um, than if. And also, you're just not alone. It can be quite lonely being if you're just a sole creator. You know, it can be quite sort of lonely knowing whether it's, uh, especially in the, in the world, this sort of online world that we live in, where, um, you know, you, you can you can feel a little bit invisible sometimes. Um, and as a yeah. creator, it's it's one of the the worst things that can happen to a creative person is to feel that 
you know you're not getting the love i guess to put it bluntly it's nice to get you know a little bit of love back and and when you have a team of people to show your ideas to and you're all getting each other excited and you're all passionate about it uh, you're exciting each other with the ideas um you know then you can just say hey like if we're excited about this that other people will be um, mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i'm so grateful for for what we have built as just even just as a community um when yeah. it comes to to the the almanac um specifically yeah. meeting people like maxi um our composer who is yes. incredible and having our work inspire her whilst her work inspires us and that's that's incredible being able to sit there and listen to music that she's composed and just going from there it's, it's been such a, a wonderful experience yeah 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 maxi girthling uh she's on uh spotify um you can find her on instagram and twitter and stuff as well but her music is it's uh, essentially kind of orchestral instrumental music and it is phenomenal just for her yeah uh, and of course you know having incredible artists like work people artists whose work i just you know just make my jaw drop I can just about manage a stick man when, when it comes to drawing. Um, so it's, it is literally like some kind of witchcraft to me. And I say that because I tease my partner, my children. They're all amazing artists in my family. I can just about draw. It's like witchcraft to me. Um, so having those artists on the team whose work I just find astounding and for them to get excited about locations and um, is, yeah, it, it's quite wonderful. Uh, as Jack said, having that kind of, that sort of team of, of people to, to feedback on uh, it's it's really lovely and we're incredibly lucky incredibly lucky to be in the position that we're in and to be able to sort of make this content for people it's incredible just seeing and hearing about your your community here and just what people put in your team it's really fulfilling as a creator i understand that yeah it is it is truly yeah it's there's there's a lot of work that goes into it so some recognition is always it's always appreciated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I could talk about the Almanac team all day, to be honest. They're all incredible. <laughs> um, I, I won't sort of name drop them all because it would be ridiculous. Um, but for those of you that, you know, want to kind of, because they're all, all I think they're all always looking for work. You know, they, they're, they mm-hmm. a lot of them have commission spaces open. And with a lot of artists, that's, that's their world now, right, is, is looking for commissions. Um, and yep. a lot of them do commissions for kind of character, character portraits. Um, some of them are working, have worked on other Kickstarter projects for books, to, uh, tabletop role-playing uh, game books, um, for stuff like for 5e and whatnot. Um, and their work's incredible. But, you know, you've done, a, you've done your job and you still need the next, you still need to pay the next set of bills. Um, so any yep. of you, you know, any of your listeners that, you know, join the Discord, you'll see them on, on the Discord. Um, they're all um, sort of under, um, uh, everyone sort of has their, kind of tags and labels and you'll see them labeled as almanac artists um and you know and and just clicking on their names in the discord you'll be you'll be led to their art stations to their twitters and things like that where you can see their portfolios um really astounding stuff we are actually in the process as well of um creating a space within the website to showcase some of their incredible art just so yes on the team and really we can just show off what they can do um because even if it's not necessary directly for the the almanac, we we support them in everything and every yeah. endeavor they do because it's yeah. it's their friends at the end of the day at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of pointing people towards their their portfolios and things, um, which is something that you know we sort of obviously we you know we asked it, would any of you be interested in doing this? We want to show people that that, that your work's incredible, and we want to sort of support you and encourage you know and sort of be here for you as much as we can in in, in that respect. Um, even if it's not you know work directly for the Almanac, we really want you to be successful because we love your work. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. As Jack says, that's that's coming soon. We're sort of starting to work on that um, so that when people come to the website, they'll. They, I think I think it'll be labelled something like Friends of the Almanac, something like that. So when you're on the on the website, you can see Welcome Locations and Subscribe. It'll be one of those aspects where you can discover incredible artists. Really, uh, and like I said, commission them as well. Like if you're looking for you know like D and D art, uh, if you're working on uh, thinking of working on a Kickstarter yourself or a book or you know you just want a really cool gift for your your gm for christmas hint hint (laughs) Um, (laughs) to all you players out there with with amazing gms um yeah um yeah like please like it would be amazing um i love our artists they're all so special so unique and so incredibly incredibly talented i'm not jealous at all (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing the website is free right now yes so how how can listeners and how can people who use the Almanac support you? Um, so we, I did start uh, a, a coffee or Kofi. I'm, I've heard it pronounced two different ways, but I don't tend to push it very hard because I, I understand that we're living in it's pretty dire times, you know, financially. Yeah. A lot of people are struggling. Um, and... To be able to provide free content for people in a in a period in my life when I can do that, um, that might change. You know, in a year's time, I might suddenly go, hey, I can't, I can no longer afford to keep doing this, or I have to sell my laptop, or whatever. I don't know. Life, you know, life is very changeable uh, and unpredictable. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, the best way that people can support the Almanac is to just keep coming to the website and to tell all of your friends and to tell your local game shop to, to use it and, your, and, and you know encourage your GM to use it um, and just kind of tell everyone about this, this, this resource, really. Um, if you visit our, or if you become a member of our Discord community, and you, some of your listeners are probably already twigged already, I'm sure they're all very intelligent people, it's probably the, <laughs> one of the worst kept secrets really, although we haven't officially said anything, is we would like to publish it as a book. Um, at some point yeah. in the future so that will become when you know we'll sort of get the begging bowls out essentially um, but that's really <laughs> because that's not again because you know I'm looking to make a career of this or because I, I, I think you know that I, I'm not trying to and, and that's not to disrespect anyone that is because I think that's a, that's a hell of a hustle and I tip my hat to anyone that's doing that it's incredibly mm-hmm. hard work I see on Twitter every day how hard people are working to make a go yeah. of that and I respect them immensely I really do uh, and we all do you know I can speak for everyone on the Almanac team we all just you know take our hats off to, to, to people doing that it's, it's wonderful um, but for me personally to have you know to be able to say to give to all of our artists that work and then f- to say look on your bookshelf look what you did you know, and for all of us to be able to do that and, and to leave something behind and for people out there to, as well that love, I mean, I love books, as I mentioned already. Mm-hmm. I, I would love nothing more than to have a beautiful hardback book, you know, with this full um, sort of run of A to Z locations full of beautiful artwork 
um, location art, NPC art, incredible sort of pen sketches in the margins, little scribbles and scrolls, stuff hidden in there that you can just keep, you can sit down of an evening, you know, by the fireside, or, or sort of metaphysical or otherwise, um, and just pour <laughs> through this book and always find new things and find new surprises. And it'd be this beautiful piece of, of work um, to have on, on your on your bookshelf. That's, you know, that is a goal unto itself. Um, so keep an eye out for that, I guess, is another thing. Um, on our Twitter feed, you know, I usually um, sort of reposting um, other people's work, artwork and, and wonderful stuff that they, they do. But we will be announcing stuff in the new year, probably in terms of a timeline of when we would like to do so. But of course, that would be crowdfunding. So it would be a case of if our, you know, if our readers, new and old, are, are interested in that sort of thing, it's, it's in the hands of everybody, really. Um, which which is a wonderful aspect of it, isn't it? Is that nowadays we can we can publish our, our books in this manner? Um, so if the audience is there, we'll do it. Um, but we just we haven't officially announced um, anything at all. So so everyone should keep it a secret. <laughs> we trust we trust you all. Shh, quiet. <laughs> but in the meantime, please use the website. Um, yeah, absolutely. And come and say hello on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, we do have a Facebook as well, and I guess we'll be using other things like Mastodon. Is that the other one? A lot of people are encouraging That's us. That's the to, other one. People to move are over. To, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, we'd like to be sort of everywhere and anywhere, really, where people can can act, get access to our content and, and plug into the website. Yeah. So we have been going for over fifty minutes now. So wow. I think it's time we uh, start getting ready to wrap up here. But I got two more questions for both of you that I ask at the end of every episode. First one. It's the trickier one, but what advice can you both give to people who are looking to start their own independent projects, but they don't really know where to begin? I'll go first, if that's that's okay with you, Albion. Um Absolutely, yeah, please do. Get the support of some people around you. Tell people. Um, set yourself goals that you have to meet. I, I find, especially um, juggling this alongside my full-time job, um, my real-life job, uh, it's telling Albion that I'm going to get something done by the end of the week. It's telling him that I'm going to sort something out so that I have to do it. I'm almost held to it. But also in that, know that if I needed help, I have it there. I've got the people around me that will support me. I think that's that's the main thing. It's just making sure that you've got that that support around you. Yeah, having that deadline is really useful, isn't it? Sort of knowing that every mm -hmm. month there's a location coming. Yeah, I think my advice would be find the thing that really excites you. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's already been done 50 times. If you're really excited about it, that excitement will come through your work. Um, and then just work really hard at it. Um, these locations go through so many edits. Some might argue that they could do with a few more, but <laughs> that's on me entirely um, uh, as, a, as a kind of wordsmith, right? Like work really hard at the thing that you're really passionate about would be my advice. I think that makes sense. That's yeah, that's a, a great bit of advice there. Nothing else to add there? Anything else or? No, I don't think so. Good, perfect. Other than just do it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah just do it. Feet. Yeah, jump in. Yes. There's so many times that yeah, I've sat yeah. there and I've said, oh, I'd love to to make something i'd love to make a resource i'd love to put these ideas that we're having together and kind of just sat there in the silence of people being like oh yeah that'd be cool and it wasn't <laughs> until i kind of met albion that was like then let's do it let's yeah. let's make this thing let's make something yeah. that is is special 
Yeah, and the, yeah. you know the worst that happens is you just leave cool shit behind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's that's awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. you you mentioned the Aberdeen Bestiary. That's hundreds of years old, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's still being enjoyed, right? So if yeah. someone's enjoying the the almanac in three hundred years time, that's that's amazing. Where can people find out more about both of you and Albion Absey's Geographical Almanac? Uh, so um, if you type Albion Absey, that's A-L-B-Y-O-N-A-B-S-E-Y into your favorite search engine, uh, you should see uh, our Twitter, Instagram, all manner of kind of socials. Um, and obviously albionabsey.com uh, is where we're at. Um, Jack uh, has his own Twitter, um, as does Albion, and Erica also has her own Twitter, which is uh, EricantGame. Uh, her name is Erica with a K, so put that together with EricantGame. Um, she does a lot of really beautiful, cute um, YouTube Let's Plays with like little kind of farming sims and awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and then obviously on the Discord, if you join our Discord, I don't think you need an invite, right? It's just like an open thing, Jack, isn't it? You can just kind of uh, it is indeed. It in. should be uh, within the if you find us on Twitter or if you find us on uh, the website, then there are links to join the Discord. On both yeah, of all of our all of our social links are on the website up in the, in the top right hand corner. Um, so you see the the Discord there, our Reddit, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook page. So yeah, you can kind of jump in, and if you join join the Discord, you'll see all of our artist team as well on there. Um, you'll see everyone that's kind of involved, and you'll see um, uh, a wonderful composer whose music I just can't stop talking about at the moment. So hi Maxi, <laughs> you're amazing. We love you. <laughs> As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below. Jack, Albion, thank you so much for joining me this week on the podcast. This was a really cool experience to talk about. Such an interesting resource, and I absolutely enjoyed learning about it. Thank you so much for having us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And audience, thank you so much for listening. Albion and Jack have already launched the Almanac online, so go to the description down below, check it out for yourselves, and until then though we'll uh, talk to you very soon take care of yourselves and i'll see you on the next one bye thank you so much to albion and jack for joining me on the podcast this week albion absey's geographical almanac is an absolutely stellar tool and resource for you to use and it's totally free i may be taking some of this for my own table in the future actually so please go check out the site join their discord give them some love because they really aren't asking for anything and thank you for listening audience i know the upload schedule's been it's been shit lately let's be honest i'm working on that too but i really appreciate all you sticking with me through this and seeing where it takes us with twitter in the state it is i have had a bit of a tough time sort of getting myself organized while i familiarize myself with some new socials Again, that's on me, but it should be cleared up really soon. So if you like what you heard, why not tell me where I can hear more from you via an email or a tweet before the bird dies. That's all from me for this week, though. Until next time, bye!